0: very warm welcome onto the program first time in 2021 i've left him alone because he's been so busy with the america's cup but we had to get him on peter john montgomery happy new year man
1: yes great same to you
0: peter we got two races today but before we even get to that the call of yours as the boat capsized last weekend it took me back to 1995 and you calling one australia sinking there was the same kind of tone to your voice it was almost incredulous
1: yeah well um Certainly, uh, I was within 50 metres of when one Australia sank, and uh, that was really frightening. It went down two minutes 27 seconds, seconds from the time it stopped, and you could see the backstay had gone slack. And then, uh, once we all got focused, you could see the huge crack in the middle of the boat, and it was going down fast. And and later we found out there were three guys on the bow. Um, with Mark Richards, Don McCracken, who couldn't swim, and Alan Smith, actually a New Zealander. And very early on, he said, I'm out of here. And uh, uh, I was talking to Ian Murray yesterday about it, who's the race director for this regatta. He was on board. He reckons John Bertrand, the skipper, was one of the first off as well <laughs> really? because you could get sucked down with the Venturi yes, yes. thing. I mean, it was dangerous, and uh, it, it, uh, it, it. I was incredulous then, and to be able to see this, that um, once um, all of a sudden the um, the starboard or right wing went up into the air, all of a sudden American magic went into the danger zone, and uh, they went really went, um, uh, well, was out of control and they went very quickly from the danger line to the twilight zone as quickly as that
0: Peter also I, I noticed that this week they've made a slight rule adjustment and this is what I love about sports bodies that are capable of doing this and intelligent enough to do it that there was some kind of restriction where you weren't allowed near the boat for five minutes otherwise it disqualifies and they said no 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 uh, loss of life is obviously the biggest thing here and we and, and we can get there within 60 seconds now
1: yeah, absolutely. Not any loss of life, loss of boat. And actually, an untold story is the role that Team New Zealand had in that. And uh, I, I know that um, Grant Dalton, who was watching back on television, uh, got hold of a couple of key people and said, activate our plan now. And um, someone completely independent, not involved with Team New Zealand yesterday, uh, made the point to me that American magic was a big and big trouble until the adults arrived, as he put it, quote unquote. Um, That might be a bit harsh, but um, when there are a whole bunch of really capable seamen uh, led by a a, a guy called, well, everyone calls him Curly Salt House, but um, there was Richard Meacham, who actually, I'm told, drove American Magic back into the marina late at night. Um, Tony Ray, who had been on a Volvo campaign that ran aground, you might remember, out off Africa. There was a whole bunch of experienced people in Team New Zealand with real seamanship knowledge. Uh, But the most important thing, they had so much gear out on the water, all readily available, and or they tapped in. You know, there was a pump that went from the Parnell Fire Station, a huge pump, and they got that out there very quickly as well, and it was the fire service. Uh, The Coast Guard, uh, the Harbour Master, all of those people as well, uh, they kept American magic afloat. Otherwise, it could have been an absolute, uh, well, it was um, very serious, but they would have been out of the regatta otherwise.
0: Peter, John Montgomery is with us. So we get two races today, and they go at 4 o'clock, and there's been a lot of confusion and questions asked about this particular ghost, ghost race. Peter, the, the other boat has to cross the start line. Then it's up to them whether they want to just use the practice time on the course. That's right, isn't it?
1: No, no. Well, I think what you'll find, there's actually one race today. Oh, okay. And that, that is um, Round Robin 3 Race 2 featuring... Uh, um, uh, um, Luna Ross against, uh, no, no, L- 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 well, Prada Luna Ross against Ineos. And then there are the two ghost races you have talked about. Okay. Now, in order to comply with the formality of the regulations after finishing uh, the, the uh, race that we've talked about, then. Um, Uh, The regatta director will uh, uh, have those boats start. They have to do because of a technicality, and that may be rewritten in the future as well, as you have alluded to about... um getting real with some of the things that are written and so really this is a key race because if any of us win the first race the second race tomorrow will be redundant because any us would be first classified in the round robin and as such will go directly through to the Prada Cup final and in that event the two teams will have a choice of whether or not to race tomorrow. My sense is they still might because there's a lot to gain not only in the start sequence but so so much else to learn. And uh, then, of course, um, well, whoever goes through, if it was INEOS, then they're not going to race because I always felt that by winning uh, the right to go to the Prada Cup final is a big advantage. But as was pointed out yesterday and discussed at length at the media conference, well, the, the one that's left standing will have some serious racing, although American Magic... I hear the repair is ahead of time and they will be formidable regardless. And uh, so the other boat won't have any racing, but they will have time to make adjustments and and do other things to get ready for the Prada Cup final.
0: PJ, in your experience of the America's Cup, I know that there's a lot of squabbling that happens off the water, but it seems to me that when... Push comes to shove, and and these boats need help. That all the other syndicates are actually willing. I, I, there are rules around this, but they they are willing to do whatever it takes. If, if, does that does that surprise you, or is that just part of yachting in general?
1: Uh, well, it is part of yachting in general. Already, there's another very prominent race for sailors called the Vendee Globe, and there are a couple of uh, guys who have gotten serious trouble. One sailor with his boat sinking, and he was rescued by another Frenchman called Jean Maclain, Jean Le and uh, uh, went to rescue him and he was on board for a couple of days and uh, uh, Matteo de Plazzi, who was here running uh, the challenger of record was navigator on windstone skipper by Brad Butterworth back in the 93-94 race and there was a boat called Brooksfield that was in serious trouble, really, really serious trouble, and they had to go back into the face of a very, very serious storm for about 200 nautical miles to stand by to make sure that Brooksfield was, was OK. So it does happen, but without uh, trying to uh, throw cold water over it, most of the time you're dead right. It does happen. But in, just to remind people, in Bermuda, when Team New Zealand uh, got into serious trouble and pitch polled, you may remember Against ENIOS in the uh, Louis Vuitton semi final of the Challenger Series, no one helped Team New Zealand.
0: Is it is it as exciting to you now as it as it was covering it way back when Brad Butterworth was on the program last weekend, Peter? And for some of us, I mean, I still want to see them popping a kite. I still want the sails to go up and down and that kind of thing. But I mean, I, I and but I do acknowledge the fact that these are just an, an amazing class of machine, regardless of whether or 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 not you know that they that will continue in this vein. But is it as exciting to you this time as it always has been?
1: Uh, we're very similar uh, because I get it that these flying machines and what they're doing, but the thought of you know talking over 50 knots in a race, and we've actually seen them do 50 knots uh, right out off the North Shore. Um, uh, these boats have been trialing and testing for uh, some time now, and on a, on a good day with the right wind condition, they are blasting. And yes, it is impressive. And I keep saying to folk alongside don't look at the boat look at the chase boats alongside and yeah, the rooster yeah. tail with four outboards and they're struggling to keep up but yes i well, well the first thing i miss martin really miss is the dial-up in the old um version five boats for the maritime game of chess where they try and outwit and out move and maneuver each other in the final five minutes and then get in the best position to exploit that uh after the start and, if they can, also put their rival in a difficult position. But then for the next 5, 10, 15 minutes, the Maritime Gamer Chess continues with attacking and trying to keep the game close and the boat that's trailing then tries to get out of sync and get a breakthrough and and to be able to then uh, take the lead, which does happen. And then, as you have described, you come to the top mark. You miss now the crew. The, all the brilliant crew work on the bow, you think whether it was 95 or 2000, Joey Allen and Dean Phipps on yes, the bow, they yes. were just brilliant, brilliant four-deck hands. You don't see them now. All the outstanding work that Jeremy Scanterbury and Matty Mason did at the mast, and and whether or not it was Warwick Fleury on the main or Simon Daubney trimming, you don't see that now, let alone the guys in the afterguard. Um, yes, I mean, it was Butterworth thinking aloud a lot uh, to Cootes, and they are a brilliant combination that really took over from Connor and Whidden, and before that maybe Ted Turner and Gary Jobson. But uh, it wasn't only Butterworth. He had behind him Murray Jones and Richard Dodson and Tom Snackenberg, and Butterworth had to filter all of that conversation and information to what he would tell in short, concise comment to Boots. Now, we miss all of that now, and so I, I, I do miss that. So, just because you're blasting and going fast but you know there's so many things that have changed um, really with uh, in so many walks of life that this is one of them and foiling is here now and well you can see it that the, the moth Foilers now um, are blasting over the water. The, the uh, international moth that was uh, just uh, another dinghy until some Australians thought of foiling uh, in the late 90s, early early noughties. And, um, well, you can see that the kiteboards now, they're foiling all over the place. And it, it is, it, it, I, it'll be difficult to see how the momentum can stop.
0: Finally, how many times do people stop you on the viaduct and say, "Peter, can you please just say the America's Cup of New Zealand's Cup to me?" Because Keith Quinn always <laughs> says to me that they everyone says to him, "Do the Jonah thing, do the Jonah thing." Do, um, do people ask you to do that?
1: Yeah, often, a, a lot of the time. Yeah, and uh, say, "I oh, remember," or you know, you could could be in a restaurant. Yes, okay. come and say, come over to our mates here and say it. But I, I don't finish it now. I just might say the America's Cup is now. And then I say, you know the rest. Go on. Inevitably, people say, New Zealand's Cup. But, no, it happens all the time. And yesterday, coming back from the media centre, back to uh, where NZME Broadcast is and alongside TVNZ, just outside Team New Zealand, I would have been stopped by six people who was a fellow from Cape Kidnappers uh, who works at that magnificent uh, um, uh, resort and golf area. And he stopped me and chatted. But there were several other people. And, And there are people from all over New Zealand who are making the effort. To come, and uh, yeah, no, it happens a lot, Martin.
0: Oh, lovely to talk to you. May look forward to your call this afternoon. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, all the best.